What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio. I am your host, Rosalind Jordan-Mills, and tonight, you know, like I always like to start it out with everything about, you know, what's going on with our company and all the great innovative things that's taken place with T25CL. Um, you know, it's been um, a crazy week, uh, but we still press on, we press on, press on. Um, tonight, uh, I was supposed to have a guest, but uh, uh, unfortunately, they uh, were no show. Um, but you know what? We're going to carry on anyway. We're going to carry on anyway. Um, I can give you a little bit of history about my guests, but first of all, let's go into about T25CL, okay, because we are a great innovative company that does global distribution for independent artists. We have a platform for uh, a pay-per-view uh, for you to download their music, listen to their great music, sample their great music, purchase their great music, because, look, they're doing great, great things um, across the board. A lot of independent artists who are looking for distribution. Look, T25CL is the place to be for distribution. Um, but, you know, we want to carry on anyway. But tonight my, my guest, um, and I still give her props because uh, she was introduced to me by a friend of mine, uh, but uh, her name was Sugar T. Uh, she was a female national entertainment legend from Vallejo, uh, respected as the first lady of the Bay Area's first family of the rap featuring Sugar T, her brother's E-40, D-Shot, and uh, cousin B-Legit. Uh, she is also admired for holding uh, Guinness Book-friendly hmm, a friendly record of holding the biggest brother and sister hip-hop dust duet ever in the history titled Sprinkle Me with her legendary brother E-40. Uh, this trend-setting icon collectively sold over 20 million albums in almost three decades and is the biggest-selling West Coast female hip-hop artist there is. But, you know, hey, you know, we, we still carry on um, because um, there's so much that's, that's going on with our our independent artist, but this is a, a young lady who has uh, made her um, made her distribution, made her um, her her mark in the world of entertainment. Um, she has done a number of things. Um, let's see, because you look at her history, um, she was coach. She she originally she was a coach as an executive and presented to the nation, serving as the key talent in her family record label, SWI Records, and then raised with five siblings and the only female in her family, and she endured uh, through the elements that, that can be presented in the industry where, <clears throat> um, 
where the males are mostly favored and the, uh, and the coaching um, provided value for her. So she had a great history. There's so much history going on, but maybe we'll just uh, book that at a later date, later time, because you know what? My show still goes on, and I'll continue to go on. Um, but we still have a guest uh, coming in. And you know what I wanted to do? Because I think Monday when we had our show with our brother Lorenzo, um, it, it was a really a heavy topic that we were uh, engaging in. And so what we wanted to do, we wanted to go ahead and maybe continue on the, the, the topic of relationships and the things that individuals endure um, in relationships. And, of course, I have my friend um, who has been such a trooper with us, just filling in for us. I think we're going to give her her own show. <laughs> Miss Tiffany, are you there? I'm here, Ms. Rosman. How are you? How are you? Uh, I am great. I am great, sweetie. Thank you so much for filling in again for us. You are such a great trooper for, for T25C on Galaxy Talk Radio. <clears throat> um, but... You know what I, it was, it was seemed like when we were discussing uh, on Monday, you know, the relationships and the things that people endure during their, during those times, I think it, 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 there was so much more that could have been discussed. Don't you think? Oh, I think relationships is a never ending subject. I don't think you can ever run out of things to discuss when it comes uh. to relationships. Exactly, exactly. Now, with your field of expertise, um, what I wanted to do, um, what, you know, we, we want to try and see where we left off um, when we're talking about relationships because I know that we're talking about the elements of, you know, what it takes to even build a relationship. But then, uh, you know, one of the key areas that um, I was really wanting to hit on as well was when you talk about um, those who are battered and bruised, when they talk about, you know, um, women's shelters and the things that they they go through um, in their relationships. Tell me, you know, what you have learned from your field of expertise in that area. Well, the one thing that I've learned um, about women who are abused is that generally the wound and abuse that they suffer first is not at the hands of their lover. The wounds and abuse that they suffer first usually comes from themselves and their beliefs about themselves. But, of course, it's usually traced back to childhood or, you know, brutality or domestic violence in the home or incidences of violence against them when they were younger or things that they saw and they grew up in. But even if they didn't have that, it it it, it does revolve around the conversations they ha- are having with themselves. I mm. say, and, I, I, and I, I like to change that to we as women are having with ourselves. Um, because there's, it's, it, you know, I, I have found also about domestic violence that every woman that is in that position doesn't necessarily come from a battered and bruised home. And they don't, they don't necessarily, they're not, the amount of women that are in 
amazing positions, I would say very powerful positions, women that seemingly have it all together but go home and are being abused by their husbands is startling. So I just wanted to put that clarification out there because a lot of times we think and we and we start talking about shelters and we talk about women and, and there I think there's a kind of a stigma and the idea that these women are the lowly in society and they weren't trained any better and that you know, they don't have any other choices when that's far from the truth. And once people realize that it's not just a woman who's been in a, in a, in a drug home or a, an, an abusive home that ends up in these situations, I think that goes a long way to getting people to change the conversation and look at it a little differently. Okay, well, now, you know, and you think about those things that um, a lot of women go through, and I know that um, the question was asked, you know, when um, – um, you're going through all these situations in life. Um, you know how to just get up and walk away. What makes a woman? Is it weakness, or or she's just so much in love with this man that she will put up with the abuse, with the um, stigmatism of just being, you know, um, his whipping pole. You know, what makes a woman even sit? in a relationship or stay in that type of a relationship? Well, you know, Rosalind, that's a really loaded question because there is no one reason. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to make a statement and then people think, oh, that's what it is. No, there's several, Mm -hmm. there's facets and assets, you know, and and different um, levels to it. But what I can address is this. Sometimes the staying can root back to our religious beliefs, it, it, surprisingly, it goes back to that a lot about, especially as women, we're raised to keep the family together. We're raised to, um, you know, if we're married, to death do us part. And so sometimes women, as women, will cling to these vows as the thing that's keeping us there. And we we um we're nurturers by by nature. And that's how oftentimes we end up in the situations in the first place is because we see this man and then instead of seeing the man for who he is, we either see something that we feel we're missing, which is usually security and somebody to care for us, or we're looking at his potential. We don't look at who he is, we look at who he can potentially be according to our eyes. So then mm. we set the process of, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, he just needs somebody to love him. And so then we're going to nurture him into being this amazing man that we have imagined in our head. And that's, that's a lot of times that's one of the first, first errors is that mm-hmm. we're men based on who we want them to be versus who they are and, more importantly, who they're showing us that they are. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. No, and and we don't nobody likes to fail. Women, men, nobody likes to fail. Nobody likes to feel like they, you know, that they they haven't done a good job. So, there's also, you know, the elements of we don't want to lose face. Somebody told us they didn't like him. Our mama didn't like him, our daddy didn't like him. Somebody told us he was no good, our friend, but we can't let them be right. So we suffer and we endure. We can't go and open our mouth because then we feel 
like, oh, my goodness, then they're going to say, I told you so. And so there's yeah. a lot of ones getting in relationships because they don't want to, they don't want to eat crow. Mm-hmm. And, and they, so don't want back- somebody, <laughs> they don't want somebody to be able to say, I told you so. Yes, yes. And that, that comes from pride as well, not only pride, but like you said, you don't want nobody to come and say, I told you, I told you, I told you. I told you it wasn't no good, you know. Right. And it happens, and, you know, even that and even that happens with men as well because, you know, he sees this beautiful young woman or this beautiful young person or just a beautiful woman, period, and, you know, he wants to put her on a pedestal and, you know, and, and you know, sometimes as women we have that intuition, you know. You know, we have our brothers and, you know, our nephews or our sons or our grandsons, and we – look at the young women that they'll bring or date. And, and, you know, as moms, you know, as a mom, you look and say, no, I mean, she's nice on the outside, but there's just something about that person. And you'll try to, you know, give them advice, take it slow, take it slow. But they jump in head first, you know. And like you say, they don't want to hear, I told you so, I told you so. And sometimes they'd rather have the hurt and the bruises instead of being Instead of just, you know, letting down that pride and say, you know what, I need to listen to reason. I need to listen to, you know, someone who has wisdom or advice, correct? Um, oh. You know, it's – go ahead. Oh, yeah, definitely that. I think I saw, I saw a quote or saying somewhere a while ago, and it said that men get with women hoping that, they'll, that, they'll, that they won't change, and women get with men hoping that they will. Mm, that's and, and and it is true. Like I said, we get into these relationships and then we hope, and then we don't. We have lost. This is so. This is so apropos because, as I told you, um, as I said the other night, my my focus is in the art of womanhood and reconnecting women with the you know with our personal power and the power of our purpose. And one of the most powerful things that women have is our intuition. But we have become so dulled down by society's views and other people's views of us and a lack of chain of command, for lack of a better word. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's not a mother and a grandmother and a generational passing down. So we've lost our voice and the ability to trust what we're saying. We've lost our voice and ability to trust what we're feeling. And so our intuition still speaks to us, but we choose to ignore it because we don't trust ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and yes, so, exactly. You know, and, 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 and it's, it's, it's something that, you know, is one of my focuses is getting back to that because I have a daughter. My daughter is going to be 21. And when she turned 18, I told her, I said, I'll no longer tell you what to do. You're grown. And she was like, you mean you won't tell me what to do? You let me do this and you let me do that? I said, I'm not letting you do anything. This is your life. Mm-hmm. I've lived long. And I said, she was like, but you won't tell me what to do? I said, sweetheart, I've told you what to do your whole life. That's easy. I said, but if I continue to tell you what to do, how will you ever get to know, recognize, and trust your own voice? Yeah. Exactly. And for me, that was an important gift to give my daughter, mm-hmm. the discovery mm-hmm. of her own voice. Yeah, I mean, but, as a kid, but you know, that's that's again how women get caught in these situations because we don't, we don't, we have people around us we don't trust, and then we don't trust ourselves, so we're just taking chances randomly, 
hoping that it works out. Mhm, mhm. Yes, exactly. You know, it's it's um, it's the rare couple that doesn't run into a few bumps and bruises in the road. It's very rare. I mean, if we recognize, I mean, sometimes we can recognize these problems ahead of time, though, you know, but what with those relationship problems might, whatever they may be, you know, it says, that, you know, you could have a better chance of getting past them if you can recognize them. But if there's blinders on and you don't recognize them like you were saying previously, you know, they, they, they women are hoping that the man will change and the man's hoping that the woman won't, you know, but what happens when it just, everything turns topsy-turvy? The man does change or the woman does change or the man won't change, you know. What happens in those relationships? A lot of times people just sit there and they will endure, you know, like you're saying, I'd rather just sit there and endure and keep him instead of saying, you know what, is this a life for me? And then you talk you, about, you think about the, 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 the couples who have already married. They're married, and then they find out, hmm, what, maybe six, eight, a year, eight months, a year later, you know, that what the heck did I get into? You know, this man is not treating me right. This woman is not treating me right. This is not how I thought I, it would be. This is not how I thought it would, you know, how it would turn out. I mean, there's so many things. Yeah, oh, there is. You touched on something that 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 in my work, people, there's two fears that people have, two of the greatest fears of any person. One is public speaking, and one is fear of the unknown. Those are the two greatest fears that people have. Believe it or not, out of all the things that can happen to you, fear of the unknown and fear of speaking in public are two of the greatest fears that are common all around the world. Now, the fear of the unknown will lead people to either stay in whatever bad situation they're in because they'd rather deal with the, the devil that they do know rather than, the, you know, the hell that they don't. Mm. So, so it comes to be, it comes to be um, a situation a lot of times where people are like, well, I'm comfortably uncomfortable. So they've become so so steeped in their drama. They've become so comfortable with the, the, the regularity of what's happening in their life. They become so, you know, accustomed to the predictability of the abuse that they become comfortable with it because they know it. And then the idea of leaving this person and either not ever finding someone else again or finding somebody else that they possibly believe could be worse than what they have, which is, you know, it's, it's a fallacy, you know, that mm-hmm. we make up in our minds. But this is, these are the things that happen. So a lot of times the fear of the unknown and the fear of, you know, walking away, and then if they have, if they have bad self-talk already, if they're already thinking, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I, I'm not worthy of anything better, and the man is abusing them, and usually abusers either are emotional or physical or both, and so he's telling her, nobody else is going to want you, 
Who else is going to deal with you? You lucky eyes, I'm keeping you. So now she's got two more mm. her. And so there's this, okay, you're right. Nobody else is going to want me. I just better be happy here and just deal with it. Wow. And that's an unfortunate reality for too many of, of, yes. of our women. Yes, 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 exactly. I mean, even though every relationship has its ups and downs, you got to think about successful couples have learned how to manage the bumps and the bruises and to keep their love life going. I mean, they'll tackle it here and there. You know, you got to tackle these problems. If you're going to have a relationship last, you have to know how to tackle the problems and learn how to work through the complex issues of life, everyday life. I mean, everyday life. You can think about everything that you're going through in life, right? Um, I've got some questions on the chat board. I got people listening in already. Um, but um, and I'll, I'll ask these couple of questions. Um, one question is, is relationship transgression more weighted in the favor of women than men? Hmm. Okay, is relation, so are they saying that Yeah, is it more weighted in the favor of women than men? Okay, so here's my take on that. And, you know, um, everybody has their own um, ideas about things, but mine is that that question or that type of idea is actually one of the biggest parts of relationship problems and communication is because somebody is always looking for somebody to blame. Mm. So it's more your fault than it's my fault, and it's more his fault than it's her fault. So anytime you are focusing on who's more at fault, you're not looking at solutions. We're not looking at what part, we're not accepting responsibility. Mm-hmm. If I'm mm-hmm. looking at you, Rosalind, it's your fault that I feel like crap. It's your fault that I'm unhappy. If it's your fault, then I'm not taking responsibility for my own mentality, well-being, and health. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not taking responsibility for my participation in this relationship. And that's what I talked about a little bit on Monday was that too often people don't want to take responsibility for their part in their life. We are in a victim society, um, victim mentality society, so it tells us that if you aren't happy, it's somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. And then, you allow, then you're allowing that mm-hmm. individual to have power over you, and then you're allowing that key word, you are allowing this to happen to you when you're, you should just take that stance and, and take the responsibility of saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, th- no, I-, I, can't allow, I can't allow this to happen to me. I love me more than that. I love and me more know, than that. Sometimes people don't love themselves, and that's why I go back to that conversation. Key issue. That Key issue, that, yeah. Yes, that self-talk is I don't love me, so that's how I can allow this to show up. But mm-hmm. if, you, if a person can't say, I love me more than that, then they can ask a question. Because sometimes we have to take baby steps. Sometimes we're not, we, you know, we're not as strong as we need to be in the moment, and we need somebody else to believe in us and help us be strong when we can't. But yeah. in that, if, you, if we're not strong enough to say, I love me more than this, to say, is this what I want? Is this 
really what I want? Is this the life that I want? Is this the way that I want to feel? And am I happy in this? And so if they can start to ask that question, they can start to turn the corner. And if you start asking the question and the answer is no, and it's not talking about the, the, the one time that you're happy in the day that he said something nice and then he turned around and tried to knock you out and took it right back, we're talking about on a daily, everyday basis. Is this something you want to do for the next 20, 30, 40 years of your life? Mm, come on. Yes, yes, And with that yes. question, hey, well, what would happiness look like for me? Because sometimes you can't say I love me. Sometimes you just have to ask yourself a different question. Mhm, mhm. And then th- this is a key question, too, because I think it ties in with this. This is what is the primary problem? With relationships, I say communication and intimacy. That was one of the key key areas. It's Can you hit on that one? Oh, it's, it's yeah, definitely communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, if it, you you hear a, a repeating um, theme with me, I'm always talking about looking at ourselves. So. My conversation with you is always going to reflect the conversation I have with myself. Yes. And so, and again, when, when men and women get in relationships, too often we're looking for somebody else to fill us and make us happy, and that is not their job. That is not somebody, it is nobody else's job in this world to make us happy. Mm-hmm. It is our job to be happy, and then be able to attract people that complement that and grow yeah. it. And then we should mm-hmm. be willing to do vice versa. But too often we get in these, in these relationships and our conversation is, you make me feel good, you make me feel good, you make me feel good, so I want to be with you, versus, okay, what are we doing together? What am I bringing to you? What am I bringing into this scenario? What am I adding to you? is likewise what you're adding to me and what are we doing together. Mm-hmm. So if, I, mm-hmm. if I'm used to thinking certain things about myself, then it's going to make it easy for me to disrespect my man. And, yeah. you know, we don't, have, we don't have the same type of household anymore where there used to be a mother and a father and they, they set an example of how relationships were. And they weren't perfect back in the old days, but they were together. They were at least together. We are getting microwave relationships. Tell me about it. And, and then not being able, not being upset because we can't be satisfied instantly. We're not gratified instantly in these, conversa- in, these, in these relationships. We don't know how to have conversations. We don't know how to communicate because everybody speaks in chat talk or Twitter speak or, you know, yes. it's for, or, or everybody's trying to talk like Olivia Pope. Mm. And that's not the world. Or, or a mm. basketball wife. Mhm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a whole lot, but definitely communication. And if you can communicate effectively, your intimacy rolls through the roof. Um, I was mm-hmm. talking about my husband um, and myself on 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 Monday, and my husband and I are so intimate. And then people don't understand what intimacy means. They think it means sex, and it doesn't just mean that part of being together. The intimacy that my husband and I share is because we have tremendous communication. We have tremendous respect for each other. Our intimacy is so good. He can walk in the door 
and I can look in his eyes, and that's an intimate moment. Mm-hmm. In that moment yeah. he walks in, we have connected, we know, we feel, we sense that that was a close moment. Intimacy is closeness. And we've lost that in relationships. And we've turned it yeah. to sex. Sex has nothing to do with intimacy. Because sometimes it's just bit, bam, thank you, ma'am, and out the door, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Those type of, of, of issues that have come up, you know, when you talk about even now the microwave relationships, they just, you know, oh, I can go on to the next one. Oh, you don't work for me. I'm going to the next one. It's just so, you know, it's so horrific, the, the relationships, and then sometimes even with these relationships, you're leaving children behind, and you're, you know, it's so easy for some of them just walk out the door and, and not even realize the lies that they are devastating, you know. Um, there's, I've got so many questions on, on the chat board because people are really listening in here. Um, it says, um, how come women have these discussions and men don't? You know, men and women both have to evolve and de- develop. Neither should remain stagnant, which is so true, so true. I love, I love uh, spontaneity. I love spontaneity. But um, why? That's that's key, you know. How come women can talk about it? We can talk about it all day. I mean, we can a cup of coffee. Yeah, it's it's our nature, and that's one thing that we have to understand: is women, men don't operate like we do. Exactly. So we can't look at them and expect them to turn around and start um, sharing bra stories and going, "Hey, you know, me and my woman." Like that's just not how men operate. They're not designed mm-hmm. that way. Mm-mm. However. It also has societal, you know, a societal basis. Men for a long time have been taught that it's not manly to share their feelings. It's not manly to hug. It's not manly to have Cry. a problem uh-huh. or a weak moment. You know, mm-hmm. like a guy having a, a breakdown, his guys, his fellows get uncomfortable because they're kind of like, well, what are we supposed to do, man? You know, it's, it's, they're not yeah. built that way. However, they are in pain like women are. And with the loss of male role models in the household, with the loss of fathers uh, across the board, it's, just, it's affecting everyone. So now men are in a place where they're vulnerable. So these conversations will start happening more and more. Men are at mm-hmm. a place, just like women are, where this is a pivotal point. This is an mm-hmm. access to the one where it is, it's time for a shift. So men are becoming more open just like women are becoming more open because before women would just commiserate. Women like to commiserate. That's why we can talk about stuff all day. Mm -hmm. But but men are about solutions. We're about our emotions. So if a man can't figure out how to, you know, get an answer, he's kind of like, okay, well, I'll I'll, I'll either ignore it and, and hope it goes away or, yeah, maybe the answer will come one day. Um, So, Again, going into that, men are also at a spot where strong men stepping in are able to minister and capture these young boys out here who don't have role models, and also these other men who are saying, hey, I'm kind of feeling this too. Can we, can we talk about it? I mean, you, I don't know if you remember not too long ago when Oprah had, was it 100 men? She had all the men on her show? Yes, yes, yes. That was so key. Oh, my God. Yes. They want it. They want it. Yes. They just have to have the space open for it. And as women, it's our job. It is our job to, to help 
not, you know, we can't drag a horse to water, but we, we create the ground. We create the mm-hmm. fertile ground that is able to help open up relationships between our men, between our kids, between our families, and in our, in our community. Exactly. So ladies and that. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, you're here at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio, here at Roslyn's Corner, really a one-on-one discussion with Miss Tiffany Rochelle and uh, our listeners on our chat board with plenty of questions here. Um, but if you want to call in, call in. Um, we have a few more minutes left, <clears throat> but we have quite a few questions here that our, our, our listeners are asking. And they say, even though we are 150 years post-slavery, what are the effects that we still suffer by way of genetic remembrance? Oh, my goodness. Mm. That, that's, we got some good ones out there tonight. Thank you. Um, again, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a professional. That's not my, you know, area of expertise. Mm-hmm. But I do, you know, knowledge in that and understanding. And I'm, 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 I'm learning more and more about genetic remembrance. And the thing is, we've, there's been a disconnect for so long, especially amongst our culture with the male and the female being together and, and being in specific positions together. So, yeah, it keeps reoccurring. It keeps coming up. It's not just generational. It is, it is, it is, um, it is in our spirits, in our DNA. However, the, I feel the key to combating that is by acknowledging it and then setting a course of action and a strategy to change it. Because just because we inherited something doesn't mean we have to keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they say break the, break the curse. Break the right. curse. Mm-hmm. But we have yeah. to acknowledge it, and, and there's a difference between acknowledging something and lingering in it. Mm. There's a yeah. huge difference. I can, I can say that happened and it was wrong, but if I just keep telling the story that happened, somebody done me wrong song, then I'm just reliving the moments again and again, and I'm making an excuse, and I'm not accepting my own responsibility. But once mm-hmm. we say, okay, I see the predisposition that I may have inherited. I see some of the things that I may have got from my environment or from my, and my experiences. So now what do I get to do to change the outcome? outcome? What do I need to learn? How do I need to adjust myself to affect this and make it different? Not just for me, but for the generations after me, because we can't just keep passing on the badness that we inherited from generations before. Mm-hmm. We can pass yeah. on some good stuff if we choose to. And I think um, that, was, that, was, that was key, too, because you think about um, your mother and your father's <clears throat> um, when you're coming up, even when we were kids, you know, we, we're in our upbringing. We're, we're thinking, man, I see what my mom and dad go through. I don't want to be like that. I don't, you know, it's, it's breaking that generational curse. You're saying, I, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to treat my kids like that. I'm not going to, you know, uh, uh, treat my my mom, my my wife, or my husband like that. You know, you think about the things that you've been through, um, man. You can just remember the stories that even your friends tell you that they are going through in their household with their mom and their dad, you know, all the things is, is um, when you talk about breaking that generational curse, 
of of the the bad, you know, the things that really happen um, in their lives, um, that that curse has to be broken. And when you say that's one key factor is taking the responsibility says, you know what, I'm taking a stand. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking that curse right here, starting with me. And it has to start with you. And like you say, it starts with us. We're taking on that responsibility. Um, another question says, should we spend more time analyzing this problem or spend more time fixing it? Well, I don't think we want to sit there and continue to try and analyze it, although we want to know exactly, you know, okay, where did we go wrong? Okay, where did we go wrong? Okay, now how can we fix it? Well, I, I'm definitely an action girl. I don't like. I don't. I guess I have, and, and that's the way that I'm more like a, a man because men don't like to, to keep on talking about stuff. They like to fix it. They have yes. solutions. So I'm the only yes. girl with four brothers. So I was raised in a how am I going to fix it kind of world. So. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, talking don't. As a matter of fact, my family motto was "Don't talk about it, be about it." Mm, come on, don't talk about <laughs> it, be about it. So yeah, let's, let's fix it. But you know, fixing it requires again more than just talk. It requires people to step up and not just wait for somebody else to come along and be a leader and do it. It, it takes starts action. Small. Mm-hmm. It starts mm-hmm. in small places. It starts in going to PTA meetings. It starts in, in mentoring kids at your at, at your kid's school. Mm-hmm. It starts yes. in holding a reading group for you know for for your grandkids. It starts mm-hmm. in small places and it has trickle over effects. So each one of us can do a little bit. If we don't do anything but something inside of our own home, that's adding that's aiding in the fixing of it. Mm, yes. Yes, yes. Another question came up because you're talking about, you know, the home. Um, It says, do you feel that black women are angry because of the lack of good black men? I don't think there's a lack of good black men. And I Mm. think black women are angry because, and there may be some people who may not like what I say, but I'm always, I'm a straight shooter. Black women are angry because we don't want to take responsibility and change our attitude. We have, in some ways, inherited a predisposition to a different type of entitlement. We hear about white entitlement, but we have almost the idea that we are entitled to have a black girl attitude and that's it because, and then that limits us in so many ways. It limits us mm-hmm. in so many ways. And, I, you know, I run across it time and time again where black women want to be either they, they treat their sons like their husbands and they treat their husbands like their sons. Mm. So yes. you can't, we, we can't have it both ways. You cannot have a man in your home and emasculate him and then tell yes. him be a man. You cannot mm-hmm. have a man want him to take charge and do certain things, and then every opportunity you get, you smacking him down and try to take the reins out of his hand. Again, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. both kids. So there, there, there is a lot 
of dynamics to that. So my, my, my answer is not even to the whole of the problem because we have, you know, amongst our community as black women, we have not just the issues with men, we have issues with each other, the light skin, dark skin, the good hair, bad hair. We have all mm-hmm. of those things we factor in. I come from a very um, colorful family. I got every shade of black that you possibly want mm-hmm. in my family. And we weren't allowed to talk about color in a derogatory way. However, mm-hmm. that's not the case in a lot of places. Exactly. That's not the case when you have a grandmother who's telling her dark-skinned grandchild and her light-skinned grandchild that one is better than the other, or not even a grandmother, a mother. We mm-hmm. have to deal with the anger we have from wounds that we've suffered from other things before we even get to the point of having a man. Most often the man is just one, one more thing to go on top. The anger did not generate from the man not being there. Unless it was the daddy. Unless he mad because the daddy wasn't there. But other than that, it didn't generate from that man not being able to find a man. Mm. It came from any number of issues, and that's just another another brick in the wall. Yes, yes, exactly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're here at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio, and uh, I've got several people who want to call in. Just call in. You see the number. Call in at 724-444. 7444. The caller ID is 120021 and pound. And then the access code is 1 and pound. Anyone calling in, calling in, uh, let's keep it clean, let's keep it right, and have respect for one another because we've been having some really horrendous folks coming on this line. But you know what? We know how to handle you. All right. So tonight, uh, look like we have. Uh, uh, Chief on the line, Mr. Andre Ward, CEO of T25CL Galaxy, uh, T25CL Entertainment. Uh, Chief, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. All right, all right, Hello, very man. good. How's uh, the Andre, you know me, Tiffany. Yeah. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. I remember <laughs> the conversation from Monday night, very enlightening. Mm-hmm. So do you have a question or comment for our guest? Oh, boy. Well, let's 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 just go back a little bit. Some things that said she definitely just said something that was very very heavy um, about how women will will empower the the sons and still kind of maybe belittle the man. I've I've seen that several times, and I don't know if it's a conscious thing or a subconscious thing. Whereas a woman will empower a son, and it can be a young son, 8, 9, 10 years old, 12, 13, and especially if he gets into the early to mid-20s, for sure. They sort of like treat him like a husband, but would kick the man in the behind. Hello? I've seen this several, several, several times. Why does that happen? Is this talk show? Uh, Yes, it is. Hello? Oh, hey, guys. What's up? All right. Hey, we got a, we got a gentleman calling, and who's this calling in? This is a uh, corporate caveman. Oh, hello, corporate caveman. Yeah, I'm in chat. You can see me. Yeah, where are you calling from? I'm coming from uh, Daytona. Awesome, awesome. Well, the question tonight: uh, Have you been listening in on our topic? 
Uh-oh, where'd he go? Corporate caveman, are you there? Let, oh, let, let him hold on. You? Let, okay. let him hold on. I have, I have, right. Okay, I got the floor right now. Caveman can wait. Um, why why is this happening? Whereas these boys are getting empowered and the black man is sort of like his capacity is being diminished. Well, you know, again, these are a lot of multifaceted <laughs> questions with different levels and, and, and facets to the answers. Um, but again, it it's going back in a great way to the fact that one fathers are not in the home in the first place when the daughter when the when the mother is being raised. Not even when the son. I'm talking about when the mother is being raised. Either fathers are not active, they're not available, or they're not, you know, they're not present in a powerful way in that woman's life. And as she starts to come up and, and be, uh, begin to have relationships, she's either mirroring relationships she saw her mother in, mirroring relationships that she saw her father in, or she's creating her own dynamic. And you know, you know how there was an epidemic where there were so many teen girls that wanted to have a baby because they just wanted somebody to love? Yes. And so the thing is now you've, a woman has brought a child into this world that, quote, unquote, will unconditionally love them. Mm-hmm. And so now she started to groom and build this little perfect vision of the man that she wants. And so women really unconsciously juxtapose the man into, their son into their man's position. Because you've seen, we've also seen an epidemic of a lot of women who dedicate their whole life to their sons. Yes, they won't yes. date. They won't do anything else because mm-hmm. this is the one man who's not letting them down. And they're going to do everything for him, cook for him, clean for him, just like they would a husband because for a long period of time, they actually have control over him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He will do whatever she says. Why? Because he has to. But for her, it's the comfort of knowing she gets that instant gratification. She gets what she wants. She gets to feel what she wants, and she gets the love. But how come she can't do the same thing to a man? Because it's a mindset. First of all, when anytime you are so focused on one area or one person, it's almost kind of like um, borderline uh, obsession. I know you've seen it. Mothers obsessed with the kids. They call them helicopter moms. So it's a, it's a helicopter mom. You're obsessed with that, but you don't recognize that you're obsessed with it. And then yeah. they don't think it's a problem. Oh, they yeah. don't think it's a problem because all they think they're doing is loving their son. So if I don't think that there's a problem, if I don't think that I'm too much on this child, then, of course, I'm not going to just turn around and go, okay, well, that's not it. And then what happens is when they start dating another man or they bring a man into the home, then now you have two adversaries that are entering into the same domain. That's and right. she is always going to protect and guard her little prince mm-hmm. to the detriment oh, yeah. of her relationship, to the detriment of herself, to the detriment of her son. Oh, yeah, those young boys, they'll run a man out the house. And it's, I yeah. mean, and it's, 
it's it's crazy, but that's the way it happens because also here's the other here's another portion. Like I said, this has so many angles and facets to it. We have women out here talking about they're the mother and the father. Mm-hmm. And I know you may get some calls on this. I don't agree. You are a mother. You are not a mother and a father. You are a mother. Exactly. A father is a completely different individual. Exactly. Now you are a parent that is doing a job that is normally done by two people. But you are not a mother and a father. And so now you have um, women. As women, we've lost our art of womanhood. Here we go back to my subject. We've lost the art of womanhood. We've lost the art of understanding what our position is. We've lost the understanding of how that position works in the world. And it's not about being subservient. It's not about passive baby making. It's about understanding we have an energy and we have a purpose that is very real and very specific. So if I'm here and I'm talking about I'm a man and a woman, just the word, the power of those words transfers energy. And we understand the power of words. So, of course, you know, if, you're, if, you, if you don't see there's a problem and you feel like you're a woman and a man because you're doing the job of two, you're confusing your kids, and the son is like, okay, well, whatever, my mom is tough, and a man comes. You know, it, it's just everything is out of whack. It's just out of whack. <laughs> I mean, that's, I know that's a simple form of answer, but it's, everything is out of whack because we as women, again, have lost our understanding of who we are. Yes, and I want that's- to... Let's 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 go back to uh, the uh, genetic remembrance as well, because I'm a firm believer that genetic remembrance is alive and is is in us. I mean, 400 years of slavery, 310 actually, 310 years of slavery is hard to shake. The brutality and and um, and everything that we had to endure during that 310 years. And one of the things, like with black women, were used as breeding tools, just like you would do a, a cow or a horse or a pig. And one of her capacities on the plantation was to make more slaves. It didn't matter who the father was. And they would have breeding farms. And any slaves, especially the strongest ones, were sent in to um, bed the woman to multiply and make more more babies for the slave master. Now, when you speed forward and after the emancipation, things that we see nowadays, especially in some of these horrible videos and some of the things they may depict, and films and documentary films, it seems as though that, damn, the women, some women, not all, by any means of imagination, especially two sisters here on the phone, that still are operating in the capacity as breeders. And it's sort of like where you're taking this thing recreationally and you, you talked earlier about women making these children because they need something to love and to hold on to. It seems as though this form of genetic remembrance is still there, is still in us as black men. 
sometimes by the way we walk, we drag our feet and stuff, and then also we take on the other part of that breeding process as well, whereas, you know, men may want to conquer just for the sake of recreational play. So we both have parts in this breeding process because we did during slavery, and I, and I think that is still in us to this very day, and we have to be cognizant of that or else, you you'll just start doing things loosely, and this is why children are popping up, and there's no father in the home because of irresponsibility. Oh. Yeah, we're definitely right with that. And the key thing um, again is somewhere to start, mm-hmm. and somewhere to start is where I come in with again the art of womanhood. But I can't teach men to be men. So we need more men who are willing to stand up and say, hey, there is a, there is a method to, king, you know, to kingship. There is, there, is, there is a method to being a man. And there needs to be more men that say, okay, listen, being a man isn't about your paycheck or your penis size. Being a man is about these principles. This is what a man is. This is the function of a man. This is what masculine energy is. This is how mm-hmm. we this is how we are brought into this world to move about. You know, as women, we are here as nurturers and healers. We are here as equalizers and we are here as deliverers of life. Those mm-hmm. are three main purposes. We bring balance. Okay. You know, uh, we've, mm-hmm, we've got uh, quite a few callers calling in right now. Uh, we'd like to take the guest that we have. Uh, we have uh, Dan from Buffalo. Let's see if we can get Dan on the line. Uh, let's see. Dan, are you there? Okay, you let's see. You haven't muted. Yeah, it's a uh, slow, slow boat in here. I don't know what's going on with the uh, technology tonight. Um, guest five, are you there? Okay, we'll just keep him on mute. Dan, are you there? Okay, maybe he's just listening. He said, I got something I'd like to add if I can chime in. So Dan from Buffalo, uh, you can go ahead and chime in if you like. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, there you are. Uh, there hey, you are. How are you Hi, doing? Dan. Good. How are you? Yeah, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I asked that. Okay. <laughs> um, it's okay. I was Go just, ahead. I was just hearing um, what you were saying or, or someone was saying about uh, women, or maybe it was men, but feeling uh, born as, like, the wrong gender, I think I heard you say. Uh, sort of being a woman but feeling like a man. No, mm-hmm. no nobody said that. Mm-hmm. Oh well, then I'm just going to share my story uh, because I sexually identify as an attack helicopter. Ever since I was a boy, I dreamed of soaring over the oil fields, dropping hot, sticky loads on disgusting foreigners. And people say to me that a uh, person being a helicopter is impossible, that I'm fucking retarded. But I don't care because you know I'm beautiful. 
and people can't determine what I am or what I should be, and I won't conform to their ideals. <clears throat> it's too late for that now. Uh, I'm having actually having a plastic surgeon install rotary blades and 30 millimeter cannons and AMG 14 uh, Hellfire missiles on my body. Um, so from now on, I'm going to actually change my name to Apache. And um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but you know what you know what the main thing is though, Dan, that I see is that you know what you're you're taking responsibility for yourself. You're you're trying you making yourself happy. That's yeah, what, that's where it you. starts. That's where it starts. It starts with you. You know, that's what makes you happy. No one has nothing to say about it. That's what's making you happy, you know? That's what's key. And I think that's one of the key things that uh, Miss Tiffany was talking about as well. Is uh that's where it starts. We're taking the responsibility of, you know, being happy. And that's what we're wanting to do, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. see it that way. Yeah. Thanks for calling yeah, me, Dan. All... I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you for having me. Hail Hitler. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> Bye. All righty. Looks like we've got a couple of callers in here. Um, who's Dorito? We got Dorito. Oh uh, yeah, hello. Hey. Uh welcome to Galaxy Talk Radio. What's your question or comment? Uh yeah, so um, you know, uh so what's this uh show about? Well the show is about uh relationships, men and women. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, right, so yeah. What, what do you think about uh uh man and animal? What? You talking about bestiality? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, not not really bestiality, but um, you see, I, I'm a very uh, I'm a I'm a fan of you know the 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 Sega, uh, you know company, and you know um, I, I really like uh, you know, the Hedgehog, you know, you know I I really like the Sonic Hedgehog, uh, you know uh, uh, I guess a I guess a character. And so, you know, I look at these pictures and, mm-hmm. you know, when I see them, you know, they just kind of kind of give me a, a dingle in the, in the tinkle, if you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah, so that's what obviously, obviously here we have the same group that followed us on Monday. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So we were having a nice conversation. And so they go from show to show uh-huh. and acting mm-hmm. a fool. And what? so mm-hmm. let's. Let's just say good night to the young bestial man who has sexual relationships with hogs, and so we'll move on. Hedgehog. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right, Dorito. Sonic thanks for calling in. Sonic. Then yeah, Sonic Hedgehog. Thank you All for right, calling in. You. Take care. Have a great one. All right. I love you. Love you too, my brother. All right. All right. Hello, Edmar. <laughs> You know, I will say something, Ms. Rosalind, and I please, please, you are so gracious. I, I think in a lot of ways, a lot more gracious than I am. Um, but as mm-hmm. we were talking about, while we were having our very serious discussion about relationships, mm-hmm. um, um, there is, there's just a lot of work to be done on both sides. But mm-hmm can't afford to look at it as too much work. We have to individually decide to take 
apart. We have to individually decide to bring a little bit to this to this house building and contribute. And so, you know, you contribute by having a radio show that allows people to have these conversations and use a forum to have discussions and ask questions and and get information out and make people think and have other questions, you know, other other lines of thought. My part is working specifically with women on reconnecting to their womanhood, to their feminine energy, and understanding and healing the mother-daughter dynamic. That's the part I bring. Lorenzo brings the community part. So, you know, we all have to each take a piece. And if there are men out there who are listening to this show who are understanding that you can do it. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a teacher or, or a huge you know, famous person, even though the media would make you believe that you only mean something if you are famous, that's not true. If you are a man, Mm -hmm. a heart, and you see some boys in your neighborhood, and it's not easy because we've gotten out of this village, we've gotten out of the village mentality. It's not easy to take somebody under your wing when they don't know what that looks like, when they don't know what it's like to be held and loved and communed with. Somebody just take a little bit. Take a couple of kids and say, hey, I'm going to show you what it means, what, what I used to learn. You know, that's, the, that's what we have to start. Those are things that have to happen. And as we start to change the way that we deal with and view our children mm-hmm. and stop letting them sit and stew in the juices of our generational curses, then it's going to keep being in the same. I mean, at some point in time, when do we decide that, okay, enough is enough and we want to change? And it, it is possible because it's, everything in life changes. You look at the Roman Empire, the collective consciousness of the world during the Roman Empire. You look at the collective consciousness of, of people during the industrial era. You look at the collective consciousness of people in the 70s. Now you look where we're at in 2000. We're all about technology. We're all about all kinds of things. So it changes. We just have to recognize that it's possible to change and it's possible for change to begin with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have a couple of callers who want to come online. Um, okay, everybody. No, let, 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 let them go. No, no. Keep uh, it. Yeah, it, uh, it, they're all operating in a group. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Tonight has been a great discussion. Um we want to thank Miss Tiffany for joining us tonight. Thank you, Miss Tiffany. You're great. Oh, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Um, what is this? I want to. Okay. Well, um, we'll we'll hold this discussion for another time. Um, but everybody, you've been here at T25 Seattle Galaxy Talk Radio here at Rosalind's Corner. We want to thank everyone for calling in, everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. And we want you to just, you know, tune in to our other radio shows. Sunday we have Mr. Hello? Barbara McGee. Yes. Yes. You there, Tiffany? I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but uh, like I said, we have we have our other shows. <clears throat> Ms. Barbara McGee on Sunday nights, uh, Straight Talk with the Hired Brush. And uh, we just want to say it's been really great. Um, so listen, everyone, look. Be kind to everybody out there, you know. You only have one life to live, and it's not for everybody. 
So um, we just want to say good night and uh, thanks, Chief, for joining us. Oh yeah, I mean it was a great um, conversation, and it's, it's a conversation that we we need to have um, with. You need to uh, please, please yeah. mute guest eighteen, yeah. please. Yeah, I did. I'm it's taking a slow time to mute it. Yes, but anyway, we'll. Uh, I don't know why. I'm All right, well, I, I definitely yeah. want, yeah. want to apologize, apologize to our guest. That we yes. Oh. Again uh, this evening. Mhm. Yep, you there? Yeah, I think you muted her too. Yeah, there it is Miss Tiffany. Okay. I'm here. I um, okay. I know how to unmute myself. So yes, you need everybody. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, no we we were having a, a great conversation, and definitely, we definitely appreciate you coming on. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Are, are, are you calling from Florida? No, I live here in, in Long. I'm in Long Beach. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. okay. All right, and so it's, that's good because I thought you might have been three hours ahead of us. Okay, no, but definitely uh, we do respect your input, and we had a great mm-hmm. conversation. And you know, the continuity of the conversation was uh, interrupted there, but there were still more questions on the board as well. Well, can I add? Yeah, because there was I wanted to tie in these more, and you want to ask them? I, 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 I can, I can deal with them. Okay, well, let's but. let's go ahead and ask these questions um, because um, you said. Um, we already talked about should we spend more time analyzing this problem and spend more time fixing it. But then um, the question was asked: uh, Do you feel that black men and black men? Do you feel that black women are angry because of the lack of good black men? I think that question was answered as well. Um, and then it says: What can both of you recommend that women can do to empower the deficiencies in the black man? One one of the first things they can do. Uh, it's so funny because I that that I'm laughing because I just rewrote a quote the other day. I had I had this quote that I I've held for years, and it said that um, one of the most one of the greatest things that a man can do for his child is to love his love love his mother. And I rearranged it and said one of the greatest things a mother can do for a child is love herself. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, as women, we need to go back to a place of responsibility and begin to move out of the victim mentality. And again, this isn't about burn your bra and, and or feminist stance. This is about saying, okay, I'm a woman, but what does that mean? Not enough of us are really looking inside to find out who we are, what we are about, what we're what we're here for, and so we're operating blindly. We're in the game, but we don't know what position we're supposed to play. So we're running mm-hmm. up and down the court, just shooting, just shooting the ball, and with no goal, no no you know no form, no strategy. So you know, in order for a woman to empower her children, not just her son. But her children, she must empower herself first. And that, that means look at the good, bad, and ugly 
and not beat yourself up, but decide how do I improve this? What is what can I do that makes it better for everybody? And then when you have a son, also understanding that we cannot teach boys to be men, no matter how good we are, no matter how strong we are. I have two sons. And when my son turned 13, he said, Mom, I want to go live with my dad. Now, my kids had been with me, you know, we were, his father and I were divorced. So it was a hard thing for me, but I, I said, are you sure? He said, yes. I said, okay. I said, I want you to understand me letting you go live with your father, father does not mean that I don't want you. Once you're clear on that, I let him go. And it didn't change the fact that I was his mother. It has never changed the fact that I'm his mom. And I think that's where a lot of women kind of lose position. Like we become so wrapped up in the title of mother and what we think it means that any threat to that, we knock down. There's too many mothers who don't want to let their sons go. And they have perfectly good fathers who are willing to contribute in a positive way to their son's life, but they're so busy trying to control every aspect of the relationship because they, they are either no longer with this man, they have anger for him, they can't control him, so they're constantly trying to control the thing that he is still attached to. And that's mm. wrong. That is wrong. Let your sons go. Let them be with men. As long as the man is not abusing them, is not showing them illegal things and teaching them how to be bad and wrong, if you have good men in your life, but then in your child's life, but they don't want to be with you, it's okay. Let your child have his gift because your relationship with their father has nothing to do with his relationship with his child. That's not your right. That's not our right as mothers to take that from our children. So that's how mothers can start to empower their sons. Get out of the way. Mm. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, um, uh, I think that was uh, the last of the questions. Um, Oh, no, there was, there was uh, one I know more. Have, yeah, one religion, more. religion, single black women are flocking to the church. Men are not. Why? Um, again, that goes to our nature. That goes to our nature. We're, you know, we're nurturing. We're looking for something to nurture us, and people tell us it's Jesus. So, so you know, in, in many of us have strong religious backgrounds, so we go back to what we know. We go back to what Grandma told us. And, you know, the, 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 I, have, I have my different views on the way that church has handled our community specifically and especially. So, you know, everybody's looking for a source and looking for an answer. But they're asking Mm -hmm. a lot of times the wrong question. Um, Men aren't going back to church, again, because women are not not compelling men in a way for that to happen. And I'm not saying it's our responsibility to make them go, but, again, we influence everything in this world. We influence... So you don't feel that... that, that people are going to the church to get more educated on the history of the world as it pertains to the humble beginnings of the planet in East Africa. And, At church? Uh, no. 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 And they're going for other social reasons and not for... A lot of people are going for the dating scene. 
They want to yeah. find a good Christian man. So they're running to the church and they're putting their slapping Christian in front of their name because they have a Bible every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And okay. And that may sound harsh, but I mean there's there's a lot of shenanigans going on. There's mm-hmm. a lot of shenanigans going on. And I'm um, seeing a lot of these churches that turn into cults as well. And then when people come in there, if they're emotionally vulnerable, then then they start losing losing their mind. And I, I'm, that's something else I'm seeing out here now, too, is people are losing their grip. And a lot of times, if you go in there already emotionally damaged, and then if it's not a good church, and this is not casting negative aspersions amongst all churches by any means of imagination, but people go to certain places of worship but it seems like it's a Mac convention going on because of some no good preacher. And then if you've got a vulnerable woman coming in there, she's going to even get more damaged inside of it. And this is happening a lot. And I am personally seeing this stuff happening these days. In, in, in these places, it's turning into cults. And it's, yeah. and it's not about Jesus and Muhammad and Moses anymore. It's about the preacher and the money. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it, it, it definitely is, and you know, it's it's unfortunate. But the good news is that there's actually an awakening going on. It's there's a, there's a spiritual awakening awakening going on in women, especially. And you know, I was on a a. a a webinar not too long ago with a good friend of mine, and she's speaking and looking specifically for women to help them come in contact with their calling and understand they have a calling. And one of her favorite quotes is by the Dalai Lama that, the you know, the world will be saved by the Western woman. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. of the spiritual awakening and the understanding that our, what we have is not tied to religion, is, t- is, is tied to relationship and to spirituality and understanding. And it actually is causing us to redefine and open up our, our, our blinders, as it were, of old school views of how we're supposed to, you know, how we're supposed to be. It's not necessarily now you're starting to understand that what has been handed down to us by religious leaders a lot of times has been an interpretation that was designed to um, control the masses. And um, again, I'm not slamming religion. It's neither here nor there now. What's happening, though, is that people are saying, okay, there is more. There is more to my spirituality. There is more to my life, and there's more to my purpose. So with that, and people coming to that, you know, that realization, then you you just have a shift coming. So, you know, people, people are looking, but people aren't as asleep as they used to be. So the more we wake up, slowly but surely, you know, each one, reach one, each one, teach one, and slowly start to grab, you know, and wake up the people around you, then, you know, it, it makes a difference. Yeah, I think that we can get more of a of an awareness by just having these discussions over Galaxy Talk Radio. And, um, I mean, these are very enlightening discussions. And after each one of these shows, 
you know, we all walk away with something that we didn't know before. And I think that this is a much better one-on-one learning type of a platform that you can get in a group discussion where there's one person just espousing words that he doesn't even know what he's saying. And then you get a bunch of people jumping up and down and cheering. They don't even know what they're cheering about. But now you can have more interaction amongst one another. It's just like what you said earlier. When your husband walks into the room, you can look at him in his eye. And you, you can tell, and he can tell. And with this form of communication uh, amongst us, I think it's a, it's a great way for all of us to teach others, to help others, to teach others to teach. And even just like tonight, even though our programs have been somewhat invaded by some usurpers, but even they have to run away once the light of truth is being uh, shared among them. They they can't stay around. You know, let me when, say, when let me listen yeah. to the truth. Yeah, then they um, have to go. They, they're falling all off the board right now. Yeah, but I did have a couple. I did want to have Jake on the line, but he's hung up because of all these people that's come on here, and we don't know who's true or who's false. I don't know what the heck is going on, but I do want to hear um, what um, one of these individuals has to say. He had just come on. He wanted to talk about religion. Um, He wanted to put his input about religion, but uh, Jake loves Jesus has left, but I wanted to get him on the conversation. But uh, it... um, Unfortunately, we didn't let him get in. Um, are you there, um, Ditch Huggers 21? Oh, he's he up here. Okay, what was your question? Um, well, you know, you guys were talking about, um, you know, black men and the religion. And, um, you know, I'm myself, I'm a black man. And, you know, I'm just saying, um, you know, I mean, I don't know, personally with me, I, I see religion in, like, very different ways. And, um, you know, um, uh, you know, I actually met my wife in, uh, you know, a church. And, you know, I mean, it's all I can I can say, um, you know, everything's, like, smooth. Because, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes. And, uh, but, you know, I mean, you know, I'm a man. So, you know, I have, uh, you know, I need a, you know... I, but he'd be satisfied, and um, you know, and I, I, she just doesn't let me. I mean, she doesn't. And there you go. All right. See, so. I keep telling they're they're in a flock out there, and you just have to ignore, them, let them go, and. This is a very, very. Yeah, you can always mute them. You can always mute them, but um, you know, like you say, and uh, and and corporate caveman, we really, uh, really apologize. You 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 got caught in the mix there, my brother. All right, so um, well, tonight has been a very interesting night, you know, near the end, but um, we've had some um, key uh, issues, um, key. Enlightening um, um, conversations here with Miss Tiffany, along with you, uh, Chief. And you know, sometimes it's uh, it gets a little rough, but it's okay. So okay, you know. 
So um, everyone, listen, we just want to say we want to thank you. And those who came on, uh, we're going to pray for you, okay? Uh, but otherwise, you know, you're here, Galaxy Talk Radio, here at Roslyn's Corner. And without further ado, we just want to say, Miss Tiffany, thank you for coming on, sweetie. So you got caught in the mix, but hey, you don't know who's out there, you know? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the truth, truth will it's conquer crazy. all all of all of these usurpers. Yes, it will. Just keep yes, speaking in, just keep speaking in truth, and you'll they'll go by the wayside. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we will say good night to everyone, everyone, and you've been here at Two Two Five CL Galaxy Talk Radio. Everyone, have a great night. Good night, everybody. Peace. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.